Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 39 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. I want to take a couple of minutes to talk about uh, some changes and additions to some of the things that the Colon Cancer Alliance is doing in terms of support via the online chat community. Uh, the online chat is uh, was my intro to the Colon Cancer Alliance when I was first diagnosed five years ago. And I will tell you, as I tell everybody, I don't know how I would have gotten through all that I had to get through if it wasn't for the support, the camaraderie, the friendship, that I received through the virtual community, the folks uh, scattered all over the country and in some cases all over the world that I quote unquote met online uh, through that community. And uh, it initially started with a just a one uh, once a day daily Monday through Friday chat and has since expanded to five different uh, chats. I wanted to update you on what's new in that in that area. So here we go. So all the times that I'm sharing with you are Eastern Standard Time. Just know that. So like I said, the uh, longest running chat is that uh, is the daily uh, chat that's uh, offered Monday through Friday from noon to one Eastern Time. And you can find it as you can with all of the uh, online chat sessions can be uh, found through the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org and click on get support. And from there, you'll click on where it says group chat. And that's how you'll access the uh, the chat room. It's very casual. It's if you want to just lurk and listen, uh, read what people are saying, not get involved until you're comfortable, that is totally fine. Some days are full of information. Some days we're just there to support one another who may be going through a challenging situation. I've been in some of these chats where it's just been a little silly, where we just needed to uh, just have a good time and be a little silly for an hour. So you just never know what you're going to find. So that was the first chat, and that's the daily chat for open to everybody and anybody. 30 minutes before we open that chat up, for those who are either newly diagnosed or struggling in managing side effects. So if that's you, uh, jump on that daily chat 30 minutes before the noon time at 11.30 a.m., again, Eastern time, and we take those first 30 minutes to help folks who are either recently diagnosed or struggling to manage their side effects. For those like myself who are in the stage four category, uh, there is a weekly chat every Tuesday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the stage forum and friendship chat. Again, a great community of wonderful people and another way to just uh, have some camaraderie. Uh, know that there's others out there going through what you're going through and, and, and a vehicle to get, have some, uh, some support available to you. We also have a chat also weekly on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. This is our newest chat, and this is the grief chat. For those of you who are struggling and managing uh, grief, 
Uh, please join us on Wednesday evenings, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the Grief Chat. And if that's a topic that, uh, that, that applies to you, that you're struggling with, I also want to invite you to check out my recent uh, podcast interview with Tom Zuba. That was episode 37. So you can find that on the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash 037 for my conversation with Tom Zuba. He is the author of the book, Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief. And finally, we also have a caregiver chat, and that takes place once a week. Uh, that is on Thursday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. So we've got newly diagnosed, the daily chat, stage forum chat, grief chat, and caregiver chat. And once again, you'll find all of those through the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And just click on the link that says Get Support, and then click on the next link that says Group Chat. Once you're on that page, you'll see a blue button right in the middle of the screen that says Chat Now, and jump on in and participate and uh, make some new friends. I want to uh, thank the folks over at H2ORS, Chris Shaw and his team, uh, for uh, directing folks uh, from his site over to the Colon Cancer Podcast uh, website. He and his team uh, are behind a wonderful product, uh, which is H2ORS, which is ORS stands for Oral Rehydration Solution. It's a powdered drink mix that, unlike the popular sport drinks, contains no added sugar, no artificial sweeteners or colors, and it's a great source of Hydration for any of you that might be struggling in that area. Perhaps uh, you're an ostomate, perhaps uh, chemo has taken a toll on you, and hydration and electrolytes are something you're trying to find a way to uh, get more of. And for the listeners of the Colon Cancer Podcast, uh, Chris has been so kind as to extend an offer to the listeners, and that is the opportunity to get two free samples shipped to your home for free. Just visit his website at h2ors.com forward slash sample and fill out the information. They'll shoot you over a couple of free samples for you to try. If you enjoy the product, like I know you will, uh, listeners of the show can uh, receive 10% off their first order. Uh, when you are in the uh, checkout window on the site, use the promo code h2ors.com and that will get you 10% off your first order. Uh, some events that I want to cover with you going on in the colon cancer community. And we're really starting to ramp up the Undy Run walks, and there's quite a few of them coming up. This coming Saturday, Kevin Hayes and the team in Buffalo uh, have their Undy Run walk uh, on Saturday, April the 30th. Uh, after Buffalo, we head south to my home state of Florida. The Undie Run Walk will be in South Florida at in Fort Lauderdale, and that will be on Saturday, May 14th. Uh, two weeks later, we go back north, and we'll be in Chicago with Brandon Thompson and the folks up there for their Undie Run Walk, and that'll be on Saturday, May the 21st. And on that same day, there's another run walk. This is the Let's Get Scoped run walk and that'll be in indianapolis uh information on all of those events can be found on the colon cancer alliance website at ccalliance.org and then there are a couple of non-run walk events i want to point you to for those folks that are in or around the knoxville tennessee area 
on May the 19th is a golf event. Uh, it's uh, the Team Britain Golf Tournament uh, in uh, memory of Britton Butler, a young man who was diagnosed with colorectal cancer about 10 years ago. And uh, this event is uh, put on to uh, keep his legacy going. Uh, and if you want more information about the fifth annual Team Britain Golf Tournament and you're in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, also check out the Colon Cancer Alliance website, ccalliance.org. Just click on the events button for more information on that. And those are the events uh, coming up in the near future. My guest this week is Kevin Hayes, who I just mentioned about the Buffalo Undie, and that's how I got to meet Kevin. Uh, our paths crossed at uh, Live Your Best Life 2015, the Colon Cancer Alliance Conference that took place uh, late October 2015. And that's uh, where I met Kevin, and uh, he has uh, been very involved in the colon cancer community. Kevin was first diagnosed at the young age of 28 years old, and uh, he's taken uh, his energies and his enthusiasm to uh, make a difference in the Buffalo community, not just with the Undie Run Walk, but with another very clever unique way to uh, raise awareness uh, in his community. I'll let him share the details during our conversation. So join me now for my conversation with Kevin Hayes. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Wonderful. Hey, thanks for having me, Lee. Oh, I'm glad we were able to work it out. Uh, we first crossed paths in, in Phoenix at Live Your Best Life uh, 2015, the Colon Cancer Alliance Annual Conference. And uh, I know we got the chance to chat a little bit, but my observation was, uh, this is a guy that's determined to make a difference. I appreciate that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my goal. I, I'm glad it comes across that way. <laughs> so before we get into those details, uh Take our listeners back and uh, tell us how you came to be diagnosed. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've I've heard a, a little bit of uh, of your podcast, and it sounds like you, you've interviewed a uh, um, uh, few people that have been young survivors, and I'm one myself. I'm 30, and I'm coming up on two years from my diagnosis. So I was diagnosed at 28 with uh, stage 2C colon cancer but um i um i'm a little anomalous in the fact that i didn't have active symptoms when i went to go get screened uh i've actually had um symptoms like uh rectal bleeding since i was uh 10 to 12 years old i've gone for colonoscopies since then um and it happens quite a bit when you're younger they they tend to pay attention um but it was it was all juvenile polyposis um Nothing really seemed to be alarming, and cancer was never really that strong of a consideration. Went back a few times um, since uh, with rectal bleeding. Again, same issues, but I uh, had my first child, my daughter, uh, Abby, and I decided, let's, let's be an adult. Let's make sure I set up that appointment with the dentist, set up that appointment with the primary care physician, Let's go back. It's been a few years since I've gotten a colonoscopy. Let's just make sure that's uh, all clear. Um, so I wasn't having any active symptoms, but I went. Uh, they uh, they took out some polyps. They asked me to come back uh, a couple days later after the meds had worn off, and they 
uh, got to get some lab results, but they didn't give me any sort of indication that anything was going to be um, alarming. So I went into the doctor's appointment expecting to go to a meeting after, and they said, we have bad news. You had an actively bleeding tumor. You have cancer. And I kind of stopped hearing what they said past that point. Um, I, I had to have him explain it over again, and it was just one of those very surreal feelings that I didn't quite believe it, um, and and you you don't even know what to start thinking about first. Uh, I mean, thirty, got a young child, um, never I'm in in great shape, in uh, in good health, uh, you no know, symptoms, and and so it caught me by surprise, uh, caught my wife by surprise, caught my family by surprise, but we got through it, and um, and so I'm here today because I got treated and because I got screened and now I'm working on some colon cancer awareness initiatives to try to get other people screened to, to boost those screening rates and success rates. Well, that's terrific. Was your wife with you when you received the news from the doctor? Nope. She was at home watching my daughter and she expected me to be home a few hours later because uh, I had a meeting. So she was, she was shocked when I came home and uh, shocked more by the, by the news I had, but she was, uh, she was great support. I mean, once the, uh, once the shock wore off for both of us, uh, I mean, she was a trooper by my side and, and helped, uh, helped me figure it out. It's wasn't something we had prepared for and it wasn't something that we had known that much about. We, we learned a lot in a, in a short amount of time. And what was the treatment plan that was prescribed for you, Kevin? So the, the first thing was, um, I went, I, I got referred to a more experienced surgeon, um, and they went in for an, another colonoscopy to kind of measure and tattoo the site, um, figure out the new surgery was was what we should do first, and, and try to remove the tumor, um, and try to stage it. They didn't stage it um, until after surgery, um, and after I did get surgery, got the tumor removed, and actually a few more polyps uh, that were missed initially. Um, they grabbed a bunch of lymph nodes and didn't get as many as they wanted to. So, um, they were a little uncertain on, on how we should proceed. They staged it to see, but because of the lymph nodes, um, being, being fewer than expected, they wanted to be a little more cautious and I had, um, uh, poorly differentiated cells. So they, they, they recommended me to an oncologist, uh, who I spoke to, uh, and, I, I went with my wife, and to be honest, we we had a really bad experience. Um, the uh, it, it was just poor customer service, and then uh, poor um, poor uh, patient service. Um, the doctor didn't really have any sort of a clear indication on what we should do. Wanted to send me around the country to get more opinions when I was supposed to be there to get his opinion digging out old texts and coming back three times with different answers each time. I mean, it, it was not, it didn't leave me with a comfortable feeling. And what I heard, when I heard one of your other, uh, uh, um, interviewees say is that they've gotten, they went and got a second opinion and that's exactly what I did. Um, I called around, uh, we have uh, Roswell park, uh, locally in Buffalo and I went there just to get a second opinion and when I went there, those 
my doctor had taken the limited information they had gotten forwarded to them, uh, discussed it uh, in committee, and and had a, a plan. Again, it's as a younger person with uh, some unknowns to their diagnosis, it was a little difficult to give a, a clear-cut recommendation, but they felt pretty confident. They were clearly well-informed of current procedures, current treatments, and, and even ones that were on deck but not funded yet. They they made me feel comfortable, um, and that's that's kind of what I would recommend to anybody that gets diagnosed is second opinions are tremendous. Uh, nobody's going to know everything that's going on with you, and we all uh, we all kind of have uh, different treatment plans, and and uh, we accept them or don't accept them uh, in very different ways. I mean, everybody's treatment's very different. The most important thing is to find a doctor that you're comfortable with. Um, I mean, it. Some of this stuff is trial and error because we don't know how our bodies are going to take it. But you want to feel comfortable with who's making those recommendations because you know they'll they care about your well being and they're gonna they're gonna work to make sure they they get the best treatment for you that you can. Sure. So what did uh, you and they ultimately decide? So we did decide to do chemo. I did not need to do radiation, um, and I did full fax. Um, uh, took a little longer than expected because I got sick and had some low counts, but um, but uh, went through uh, and did the full full fox treatment. Um, and I'm I'm very happy to say that uh, a few weeks ago I had my one year follow up colonoscopy and I am clear. Uh, the only two biopsies were both benign. So uh, knock on wood. Fantastic news. Congratulations. That's wonderful. And you feel good as well? I feel great. Uh, one one of the things that, I mean, being a young guy that wasn't expecting to get this, um, the, the fear of um, recurrence is kind of terrifying, and it's always in the back of your mind. Um, and you're just like, what, what, am I predisposed to getting cancer or colon cancer? Is this going to come back? Uh, even when I had an active actively bleeding tumor, uh, my CEA levels weren't elevated. So even go, going back every three months and checking those out and getting CT scans, it didn't feel definitive to me um, hmm. that I was past that until this recent colonoscopy, and it, it feels great now. Oh, I'm sure. That's funny because I, I run the same situation with CEA. My CEA has never moved barely at all. I guess for some people it's an indicator and for others it's not. I mean, it's, it's great to look at it. I mean, if it's elevated, we, we assume there's an issue, but yeah, you, you got to do everything you can uh, to stay on top of it and, and make sure it's not coming back. So when we met in Phoenix back uh, late October, you were all about the Buffalo undie. And I'm thinking, how are someone like this guy going to be running in Buffalo weather? <laughs> so first, I want to hear about uh, all that uh, you want to share with the audience about the undie up in Buffalo and, and what's happening or what ha- I should say. Uh, no, it hasn't happened yet. When, when's, this, uh, when's the date? April 30th. 
April 30th. I knew it was coming up soon. Okay. So talk to us about how that's shaping up and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So end, end of April, um, it typically we're treated pretty well with the weather, but it can be pretty dicey. Um, the uh, We're coming up on the fifth year here and it's my first year participating in the planning. Um, I found out about the undie two years ago when I was first diagnosed um, and I, I was going to go watch it and, and support uh right before, uh, a couple days before surgery, but uh, it was freezing rain, and I had my daughter and didn't, <laughs> uh, but I decided to run in it last year uh, after chemo, uh, about two months after I stopped uh, treatments, I, with the exception of some neuropathy, which um, you can deal with, uh, I was feeling pretty good, so I decided to run in it. I was the first place survivor. Uh, I had a competitive edge being a, a young survivor. Uh-huh. And then uh, <laughs> I, I spoke with the organizers and, and the Colon Cancer Alliance staff um, and, and offered to help for 2016. I've, uh, I've run logistics for a few uh, nonprofit fundraiser events before. And while not a run, I, I had some experience doing it. And the local organizer, Tess Frazier, who's a CCA board member, has been uh, running it almost single-handedly for the past four years and uh we actually have a pretty tremendous turnout uh we had close to 900 last year um and i decided well i'll give her a hand and and see if we can't grow that uh bigger this year so we're working on that it's april 30th uh delaware park uh in buffalo and we also resurrected the blue bash which is kind of a kickoff party for the run um and it's a way to help fundraise towards towards the bottom line of the run and reach out to another demographic. Uh, some people that might not be interested in a 5K race or one-mile walk don't mind going to see a band and, and partying a little bit. So we uh, we opened that up, and um, we had a, a, a decent turnout. We we turned some profit for the bottom line to, to donate to the run. So uh, big success and, and registered some more runners. Uh, so really excited to get, get that going this year. That'd be great if you could surpass a thousand this year, right? I'm sure that's uh, top of your that's mind. That's the goal. <laughs> that's great. What a terrific number that would, that would be uh, for you, and uh, what a great impact that would have on the colon cancer community. So, so tell me about this other event that you've gotten some interesting press, uh, some great press uh, about that uh, you've taken on in the Buffalo community. Tell me all about having guys protect their ass yeah, I, I can <laughs> i can tell you about that yeah yeah of course uh so the the blue hope hard hat initiative it's uh something i started here in buffalo um and i'm in the real estate development and construction industry uh so that's what i know that's who i know and uh and it's a targeted population that really um should be getting screened and educated about uh colon cancer awareness and uh, oftentimes are, are pretty resistant to it. So trying to take a fun approach to get, uh, get people paying a little more attention. So we, uh, we've got these blue hard hats for colon cancer awareness color and targeting the month of March um, for the big push, but encouraging people to participate all year long. Uh, and we put the Blue Hope Star on the front and the hashtag and website protect your ass on the side. 
um, kind of a, a, a <laughs> yeah, kind of a fun little way to to kind of make people pay attention and and get people asking questions. I mean, that's that's what if you do something memorable, people are going to pay a little more attention. The, the idea is to get people talking about it, even get people joking about it. I want them laughing because I want to reduce the stigma. People don't like to talk about screening and they they don't like to do it and it makes them feel tough to say oh i don't i don't need to do that i'm never gonna have that done um and uh breaking down those walls and reducing that stigma tremendously important because we all know screening dramatically uh can affect somebody's life by by finding cancer or finding uh precancerous polyps and, and dealing with it before it starts um, and locally, uh, so started it locally and tying it to the uh, 80% by 2018 initiative, which is uh, a goal to boost screening rates uh, from hovering around 65% to 80% by 2018. And we achieve those numbers, and there's hundreds of thousands of lives we can save uh, annually. So uh, big push and, and trying to have a little bit of fun with it because – that's what people are going to remember and, and, and trying to turn a, a serious topic into something that people aren't as afraid of. So you went out and bought these um, uh, hard hats and are just selling them at cost just to get the, get exactly. people talking. So I bought the hard hats, uh, got, got the creative put together and, and just uh, making these hard hats and, and selling them at cost. Cause my goal is, I, I mean, if, Contractor ABC uh, has got to wear their hard hats on a job site. I want them to be these colon cancer awareness hard hats. I want to flood job sites, and I want to get people talking about it. The more we get people talking about it, the the better we're going to do with with our screening rates. What a clever idea. That is so cool. So cool. How has it gone Uh, so far? Um, So for for our first year uh, initiative, uh, we've got about 630 committed right now. Every day I get a few more orders trickling in, but of course March is the big push. I'm going to continue it throughout the year, and I'm going to grow it next year, um, and I'm going to build a, a small team locally to help me. And I mean, I, I think we can I'm, – I'm being a little ambitious here, but I think we can quadruple that number next year and, and start uh, kind of pushing it to other markets going forward because, I mean, I mean it's – it's fun, and I know the Buffalo market, but this is this is something that can make an impact uh, all around the country. Well, obviously, you're starting to make that impact if you're getting uh, press coverage already, which is uh, exactly what I, I'm sure you were hoping for. Any success stories that you can share so far? Uh, any individuals who, because of this conversation, uh, came forward and said, you know, uh, I went and got screened or uh, I commit that I will get screened, anything so, like that? Um, I, I wouldn't say directly tied to this hard hat initiative, but just because of my story, uh, because this is fairly new. Um, so, we, I mean, we've only been working on this for a few months. Uh, not a lot of people are are getting to the point where they're, they've already gotten screened and, and found something. But there, I've got a handful of people that said that this is a – this has kind of pushed me over the edge. It's been a couple of years since my doctor has been saying I should get screened. Now I've got it set up, so I know I know we're we're getting uh, more screening. And then just people hearing my story, I know that I've got I got over ten people that um, 
just because they they know me and they said, well, you're 30 years old. If it can happen to you, I should probably listen to my doctor and go. Um, and then the other thing that that's kind of uh, moved me is um, I through this hard hat initiative. There's been a few people that have seen the press coverage locally, and while they were already getting, they've already gotten screened, and they're already starting their uh, their battle with cancer. They reached out just to kind of talk. Um, they're like, "This, we know you've been through this," and, and they they wanted to get uh, somebody's perspective and, and just talk it through with somebody that's that's been through this this fight. That's fantastic. Uh, any chance that uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you that's not in Buffalo and wanted to get their hands on a hard hack, Without could they doubt. do that? Um, the, the website's protectyourass.net. Uh, so there's just a, a simple online uh, order form there. Um, I mean, right now it's me, so it's it's not a big operation. But anybody that fills that out, I'll get uh, I'll get into contact and and uh, happily talk with them and and get an order. I will post that link uh, on our website on thecolincancerpodcast.com so that people can uh, just be able to link to it right from the site if they uh, happen to be driving and didn't get a chance to write down protectyourass.net. <laughs> <Thank you, Lee. laughs> I'll, I'll link to it from our site too at thecolincancerpodcast.com. Um, so I, I want to touch on an issue, and, and I know you've been a fan of the show and you've heard several of the interviews that I've uh, been fortunate to have where I've had the chance to talk to other people who've been diagnosed at a young age. And I want your take on this, Kevin. Uh, talk to me, you know, it seems to be more of a male versus female kind of issue when it comes to embarrassment, particularly at a young age. And, you know, what's your message out there to someone that uh, may be dealing with some symptoms and and is just, you know, has this embarrassment thing that they're trying to work you know through. what to be honest mm-hmm. that's something that i i keep trying to figure out myself being being an awareness advocate um i i wouldn't be talking to you right now if i had any sort of issues with embarrassment so i'm, I'm happy to talk about it but i understand not everybody is and there is that uh that underlying embarrassment and i'm trying to find ways to connect and break that down but really what what people have to realize is there's the screening, it, it's it's not bad. I mean, I've, I've been through a million and a half worse things in my life, and, and a, a little bit of screening is tremendously better than uh, going through chemo or going through surgery. Um, it's just uh, pay attention to your doctor. Um, don't don't play the tough guy, and don't don't ignore symptoms. Uh, you've you've got to take care of yourself uh, for for your future and your family's future especially young people that, that are, are starting to build a family or, or want to build a family. You, you've got to think about that. That's, that's important. Especially at the frightening rate that uh, uh, diagnosis is climbing for people, you know, yeah, who are um, younger. And, and something that I'd, I'd like to focus on uh, down the path is, is working with uh, insurance companies to, to kind of lower that screening rate or screening uh, age, um, uh, getting people accepted, considering it's um, it, they they tend to some insurance companies block people out, and if there's uh, if there's any sort of indication, again, it's for them it's it's cheaper to, to screen and 
and find a problem and deal with it before it becomes a big problem. But unfortunately, I, I keep hearing stories and I keep meeting people uh, like myself who have gotten diagnosed at, at a young age. Well, 80 by 2018, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Let's, let's make that happen. And uh, I know that we'll have just tremendous results, like you said. You've already given some great advice, Kevin, about uh, seeking second opinions, about knowing your body and speaking up when you know something's not right. And uh, being a listener to the show, you know I always ask uh, the survivors I speak to, that one question, and that is uh, someone's listening to your story or our conversation here uh, that was recently diagnosed or someone that they care about was recently diagnosed. What other piece of advice would you talk, like to share with talk them? Talk to anybody and everybody that you can that has been touched by this um, uh, themselves. Um, I've, I've been working with a few people that... Um, They've uh, they've had family members uh, that have gotten diagnosed, and I mean, just talking with somebody that's been through it can alleviate a tremendous amount of uh, concerns because it it puts you in a level of understanding uh, of of the path forward. Don't get me wrong; everybody's treatment and everybody's situation is different, but there's there's a lot of commonalities, and and you don't have you're not. You're not inventing the wheel. You're not the first person to go through it. Um, and it's very important to get other people's perspectives just because um, you don't want to be going in blind. That said, uh, because everybody's situation is different and everybody deals with it differently from a physical standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, it's all very different. So it's great to get whatever information and advice you can get but don't let anybody tell you what you need to do or what or how you should be feeling. Um, it, it's, it's your body, it's your treatments, um, and, and you talk with your doctor and you make the decisions that are right for you. Great advice, and I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Uh, first and foremost, continued good health to you congratulations on the uh, milestone that you just achieved and i uh, wish you many many more milestones in in, in the future uh, for you and in addition to that thanks for just all the tireless work you're doing to make a difference in the colon cancer community particularly in the buffalo area i love the uh clever ideas and and the drive and the passion that I got to witness uh, personally when we met uh, earlier, uh, latter part of last year, excuse me. And uh, thank just you, thank you for all you're doing. Pleasure meeting you in, in Phoenix, and I appreciate you including me in the podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.